Hey everybody, this is Angela King, and you're listening to Life After the Crown with Tim Pialdo. Hey everybody, welcome to the Life After the Crown podcast, where each episode I bring you useful interviews with former pageant contestants, title holders, and women of influence who are now succeeding across many different industries in the real world. My name is Tim Tialdo, lifestyle entrepreneur, pageant host, author, and quite honestly, somebody who just wants to help you become a better person overall. Now, if pageant life is over for you, or it soon could be, and you're wondering, well, what do I do now? Or what's next? This podcast is designed to help make the transition to real life and the school of hard knocks a little bit easier for you to handle. So if this is your first time listening, thanks for tuning in. We're glad you're with us today. Let's get started. My guest today is known as the queen of sports fashion. She is a former NFL cheerleader, an NFL cheer director, and the founder of the first uniform company to cater to the world of professional cheerleading. She was with the San Francisco 49ers for 14 years total and attended four Super Bowls. During that time, she also coordinated the cheerleaders for the San Diego Chargers, Sacramento Kings, Golden State Warriors, and LA Clippers. In 1992, she was the founding co-director of the NFL Pro Bowl Cheerleaders. Today, she is the go-to designer for sports performance fashion. She is a nationally recognized spokesperson for professional cheerleading, having been featured on Entertainment Tonight, Extra, and ESPN Radio. For 29 years, the NFL, NBA, MLS, NHL, and every other type of pro sports league turned to her for unique, well-designed brand and team uniforms. Her company, House of AKD, also has a global presence with strong business relationships in Japan and Canada. To this day, she tries on each and every new design, dances in it, and confirms it meets the needs of a dancer and maintains the branding of the organization. Angela King, honored to welcome you to the podcast today. Thank you, Tim. I'm happy to be with you. Yeah, well, hey, l- uh, tell everybody a little bit about the uh, background of how you and I met. Uh, I worked for the St. Louis Rams back when they were in St. Louis for a while, hosted a show there, and also hosted the Rams cheerleading auditions. And Angela, at, at one year, was a judge. And uh, we hit it off and have been uh, very good friends since then. So, uh, you know, it looks like you're just uh, killing it in the world of professional cheerleading, yes? Well, it's <laughs> been, it's a part of the fabric of my life. It, you know, starting at a very young age, I was 18 years old and on the first team of professional cheerleaders that the 49ers ever had. And so that for me was a huge life impression and development for my life moving forward, you know, just learning how things happen and what it was a maturity, a jump in maturity for sure. The 49ers were so gracious in the way that they managed their team and directed us professionally. And they challenged us dance wise. At the time we were probably the strongest dance team in the NFL. So as you were part of the 49ers cheerleaders back in the 80s, which, by the way, the 49ers were basically a dynasty uh, back in that decade, uh, did you start to see from, a, I guess, your, your early business sense tell you that, hey, there's, there's something here that, that needs to be done that could make you know, what we do better by what we wear? Absolutely. Back in the 80s, there there was not a dancer making uniforms for dancers. So the big problem was function. You put on a uniform and you spent a lot of time while you were performing and dancing worried about your uniforming and was it staying in place or was something hanging out. It affected your performance. And I knew I'm a 
technically trained dancer. And I spent a lot of summers and parts of my life in LA training and Las Vegas training. I learned from some of the best in the industry. And I knew performers could do a better job if what they were wearing, they didn't have to think about that they could just put it on, feel beautiful in it, feel safe and secure in it, and go do the job that they were there to do. So that's why when I started this company, I knew I had something to give. So did you have a background in design when you were a cheerleader? I mean, did you go to school for, for anything like that? No, that's the crazy thing. I went to Fresno State. I was an interior design and architecture major. And so I did textiles were always my favorite part of that learning college learning process. I loved learning about the textiles and fabrics and the chemistry of the fabrics, which fabrics caught on fire, which fabrics with moisture, different things like that were always something that I knew that I loved, but I had no way of knowing that my life would take the turn where I was dealing with textiles every day and what that meant for um, performance wear. So when you were cheering, was there a a specific moment that you remember? Um, And maybe was it a a, a uniform malfunction or something where you said, you know, there's got to be something better than this that we can come up with? It was not one particular time. It was every time. (laughs) (laughs) What happened? You know, and it's not that the designs weren't great, and it's not that things weren't pretty and things weren't glamorous. It's just the fit did not work because the people manufacturing them or the people designing them may have been using body forms to fit on or not actually putting it on a dancer's body and having them move to know what that means. So it's not like they were at fault for it. It's just that they didn't know. And so whatever of my worlds came together and collided in the moment that I knew I could make a difference by providing something that helped a performer, that became my path. Well, what, I, what I'd really love to know is, you know, obviously you were with the 49ers and, you know, establishing a relationship with them was probably, you know, came with the territory. But now you're, you're in the NFL, the NBA, the MLS, the NHL. How did you get connected with all of the professional sports teams and leagues? Because, you know, getting into those circles alone is tough, but then creating a business relationship, I I know that's even tougher. So how did you manage that? I know. It was, it's not easy. And back in the 80s, we didn't have the benefits of social media. So pretty much it was one-on-one FaceTime. Now, back then, one of the things that I did was I worked for a company that produced the NFL foreign games. So while I was directing the San Francisco 49ers and the other teams that you mentioned earlier, the NFL would also have me come in as a part of the production team that ran the foreign games. So it could be a game in Tokyo where two different NFL teams were playing each other, not the 49ers. So I would be in charge of the cheerleaders and their interface during game week in a foreign country. So I would be hands-on working with two different NFL team directors. That's how I started developing relationships with the different teams across the league. So it could be Barcelona, it could be London, it could be Berlin, it could be Tokyo, it could be Mexico City. But for five years, that's what I did, which I developed friendships out of it. And then when people started, word of mouth spreads fast when there is a need. And there was such a need in our industry for someone doing what I was doing that understood the business, understood what it meant to be a cheerleader, and understood what the organization was trying to achieve. 
And when you've got somebody like that with that much knowledge, word spreads fast. Sure. So did you sign blanket contracts with the leagues where they're required to work with you or is it each individual team can do whatever they want and you just tend to be the person they go to? I am the go-to. Each team gets to develop their own vendor relationships. And so if, if it's the Los Angeles Rams, for instance, they decide their branding, they decide their marketing interface, and they decide how the cheerleaders are going to integrate within the organization. And based on that, they decide what's the best uniforming. Because as you and I both know, uniforms are what make them famous. Well, yeah. And so let's talk about it. So when a team calls you, and, and since you mentioned the LA Rams, let's take them as an example. They're obviously trying to maintain uh, or enhance the team image by having you know, a stunning cheerleading or dance squad. So when you uh, get together with them, how do you assess what you're going to do to help them achieve that uh, with your designs? A lot of research goes into it because if the team is trying to create or brand something new, for instance, Atlanta Falcons opened up their new Mercedes stadium Mm -hmm. last fall. I began working with the Falcons a year out and we had meetings where we discussed what they were trying to achieve. Uh, We created design packages. We created visuals so that the Falcons could really take a look to decide when they're sending their representatives and their brand ambassadors, the cheerleaders, out into the community, what is it they're portraying? And what's the forward motion that their stadium is presenting? Because we want to present that as well on their cheerleader ambassadors. Well, I'd be interested to know how you go about your design, because if we go back to the 80s, it was the very typical uniforms that were kind of a skirt, a top, some boots, and some pom-poms. And now, you know, we've seen uniforms evolve into so many different styles. How do you go about what you design for each team for, you know, today's modern look? We are known and have been known since we've been in business for 20, you know, eight years for our ability to present new and fresh designs that do not look like another team. So in our skirt, our skirt designs have pretty much what has put us on the map because we have, if you line up when I'm designing and I'm going to create for an NFL team, whether it's a new client or whether it's someone we've been creating for, for years, if we're creating a new brand, I will place in front of me all of the NFL uniforms that we do. And I'll look at the whole group collectively and decide what are we missing? What can we do that is not what anybody else has? Because everyone deserves to have their own brand image. What's going to make them stand out? Where are we going to present their logo on this uniform that it's readable in photographs or in publications? So without trying, the branding is happening. So there's a lot in the thought process that goes into what looks so easy on a cheerleader for game day. Uh, it's, it's a whole science developed behind what walks out looking fabulous and easy on Sunday. I know you've done a lot of different designs and I've seen quite a few of them over the past few years. Is there one or two that really stick out to you as, you know, some favorites that you've designed that you just say, I, I really enjoyed doing that one? Yes, for certain. And, it, and it's funny because it just starts building on top of each other. At Denver Broncos, we established when they started their team 25 years ago, brand new team, they brought me in as the person to help develop their brand image for the uniforming. And, you know, we started that one integrating leather, real leather, 
because that was different, mm-hmm. something nobody else was doing. And we attached it to a stretch foundation base so that the performers can move and their skin can breathe. And then there just happens to be leather is what people see on their uniform. So I always tend to go back to Denver only because with the specialty edition of the leather and the chaps that they wear and the design that is iconic that we started 25 years ago. Now we have revamped it over the years to, to kind of keep up with the times, but we've not changed their overall look. But then you put on top of that the the now Los Angeles Rams and the solid rhinestone and crested ram horn on their sleeve. That's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And there are so many stones on that uniform they look like little dancing disco balls in the light because they just, they just sparkle every which way. And we use a number of different stones in different colors to achieve that. So it doesn't look like, oh, they're just covered in rhinestones. You can't quite figure out why they sparkle so much, but that's our application process. And then you'll look at the newer uniforms like we just did for the Atlanta Falcons in the opening of their new stadium. And their skirt has a movement because the Falcon has movement. The new stadium has a ceiling that, that opens and it kind of twists in triangles when it opens. And so their uniform was meant to appear to have some sort of a movement to it as a Falcon would. So there is a lot that goes behind each one. So each one kind of becomes my favorite for the reason that it was developed. Well, you mentioned rhinestones there. Now, you're considered uh, really an innovator for the use of rhinestones on dancewear. And then I also read that you developed the first ever combination dance and cheer shoe. So how, how do you come up with these ideas and implement them? You know, when, when you have a talent for something, God lays things in your path. Mm-hmm. And developing that shoe was developed for Capizio Ballet Makers. They brought in, and this would have been 30 years ago or so, they brought in three experts in the dance and cheer world, and I was one of them, because they wanted to develop a shoe that cheerleaders could use that they could actually point their toe and dance in it, and it wouldn't be maybe as stiff and clunky as an athletic shoe would be, and that's what people were wearing in the industry. So they brought us in, and we sat for, it was probably two or three days, with their shoe designers and coming up with what that shoe would be and how we would remove the, the arch shank that's in a shoe so that the point became flexible. And they were the first ones to do it. And now, over the course of the 30-some years, everywhere you look, everyone's got a shoe that's that way. I mean, it was, it was an evolution that I just happened to be fortunate enough to establish and be a part of. And with the rhinestones, we, back in the 80s, rhinestones were applied to performance garments with prongs. And there was not a glue that would allow a stone to be on a stretch fabric without popping off. The glue market hadn't been developed very much at all. So there was a new company that was getting started with a glue product line. And I worked with them to develop a glue that would allow a stretched, a little bit of a give and a stretch. So we were the first ones to apply rhinestones with this new glue technology to professional cheerleading outfits. So in addition to, you know, all the sports uniforms that you obviously make, I know you have a lot of design credits. Um, A few that I read about is, you know, VH1's hit the floor costume supplies, uh, the Destiny's Child World Tour Travel Wear, uh, America's Next Top Model. 
So uh, if you're doing those and uniforms, what, what's your favorite th- type of thing to design? The beauty of all that you mentioned, well, I mean, we even do NASCAR racing. But the beauty of all that you mentioned is that everyone recognizes what good active wear for promotional or cheerleader ambassadors that we do. So, you know, we're kind of the go-to company. When Hit the Floor was developing their show, and it's based on NBA cheerleading teams, or uh, an NBA cheerleading team, naturally they came to us. And we worked with them to develop the image they wanted for the show. And same with the other ones that you mentioned. People are coming to us when they have a cheerleader idea branded that they need costumes. I know there's a lot of women who are listening um, and they are either in fashion design or they're thinking about getting into some sort of design as a professional. Now, you've taken a unique route and I think in many ways you've created your own niche. So what kind of advice would you give to those out there who, who want to do something like you're doing? I hire design students here, you know, frequently because I believe in supporting not only the cheerleading industry, but designers or or people with the dream that this is what they want to do. And designers, when they're in school, have all different ideas of what kind of design they want to work in. You know, they want to work in high fashion. They want to work in um, business where they want to, they all they kind of have a focus of a direction that they want to work in. And, you know, nobody's really thinking cheerleading because it's such a niche market. But my advice to any of them is to try and get a job in the field that you want to work in right away, right out of school. Because when we are interviewing, we get a lot of people who graduated from design school, but, you know, just for lack of opportunity in the area maybe that they live in, they've been working in retail. So it pulls them out of the design world just long enough that someone who's coming in right out of school, who knows how to pattern, who knows how to create a sample, those people are on their game. So I would say my advice, if you really, truly want to do anything in the fashion world, you need to get out and work in it. And so, and let's talk fashion design. So I'd be interested to know what you think makes uh, a quote unquote great design, not just from a standpoint of you know being attractive to the eye, but also functional for its use. I mean, what in your head is great design? I run across that every day um, <laughs> dealing with my, with my pattern makers because the knowledge that I have gained over you know these thirty some years doing what I do um, versus someone who's not been in the field so long, you know my eye immediately goes to function, of course, because we're an activewear provider. People have to be active in the design that we are providing. So is it going to work? Function. The next thing is proportion. So when I'm looking at a design, I'm looking at pattern piece proportion. Where does it draw your eye? Where is the weight of the garment? All of that becomes very important. When you look back at cheerleading uniforms, uh, back when you uh, were a cheerleader for the 49ers and then you evolved to today, you know, one of the big things that you see missing that you kind of giggle about is they used to have big shoulder pads. Uh, at what point did you say it's time to get rid of those and, and just make a form-fitting uniform? Everything old is new again, and believe it or not, we're bringing back shoulder pads. Oh, we've been, yeah, we've been working on some film projects, and I think it was with 
the Will Smith film that we worked on just recently that we created the costuming and we put shoulder pads in. So we've started to integrate that into our product line. We have two different product product lines here. One is um, called Go Wild Wear that people can actually go onto our website, view product, and buy it right from the site in the colors that they choose. They can change the colors. They can't change the design, but they can change the colors and order what they would like. And then we also have the custom wear black label line that you and I've been discussing that we develop for teams in terms of branding. So in our Go Wild Wear line, we are starting to put in shoulder pads into some pieces and people are really, they're liking it. They're ordering it. Um, we don't, haven't done it in very many, but it's starting to kind of work its way back. We will follow trends. I'll look to see what's happening, you know, where are the waistlines, what are the sleeves looking like these days, and, you know, what happens on the shoulder really does date a particular item, so, um, but we're looking at shoulder pads coming right back in. It's it's going to become mainstream fashion just like we've seen it before. They're maybe not as big. I would say that they're a little bit smaller of a shoulder pad. They're not as puffy out but that they are definitely providing a lift that sticks out over the shoulder. Clearly, I don't know fashion design, so I'll let you completely take, take care of what's what's in, what's not, what's retro, what's not. Well, I, you know, one of the things that you keep bringing up that I think is really interesting is I, I'm sure when you started this company, you did not eventually think that movies and TV shows and, and musical groups that were going on tour would be reaching out to you to do designs. So, you know, I think at what point did that start happening for you? It goes way back, um, probably back when I was doing a lot of the NFL and the halftime shows and the 49ers would be bringing in um, entertainment acts and they would need costumes for their backup dancers. Yeah, so it goes, it kind of goes way back and we've done a lot of stuff for a lot of different people and it's, it's all word of mouth pretty much. So what do you think the most interesting uh, request that you've ever gotten is? Probably developing in some of these films that we do because for the film work, they may or may not be hiring dancers. So we kind of have to put something together that a production company envisions for their film. And we still have to make it work and look like their dancers on maybe not a dancer, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, that's where the challenge comes in a little bit. Well, let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, you obviously started the, it's called the Face of AKD Spokesmodel Contest a few years back. I obviously have been a, a judge in a couple of those years and helping you out. And so talk about how that competition uh, has grown over time. And, uh, you know, maybe you can tell us about who the new winner is this year. When we started the Face of AKD Model Search, I think we're on eight years now. We were doing it just for the fun of social media and, and we were going to run a contest. And so we sat down and, and decided what the contest would look like and we went with it. And I, I, I honestly, it was very humbling, the response that we received. Uh, the outreach of this company, I sort of didn't realize how large it was. So it has been a contest we run every year. It runs in March. Applications are accepted in February. But one of the things that, and a platform that I stand on is that in order to be able to participate in the model search, you have to have come from our industry. I want to give opportunity to the people within the industry of cheer and pro dance mm -hmm. and college. 
So you have to be over 18 years old, but you also have to have been or currently be on a college cheer dance team, professional team of some sort, even, you know, the NHL skating teams, you have to have come through or be in a professional or collegiate environment. Uh, That allows us to highlight the many talent that these women possess. A lot of people see cheerleaders as one dimensional and there's so much more than that. Cheerleaders and dancers, they're achievers. Some of them have strong professional careers. They're doctors, they're lawyers. There's so many, they're achievers in college. They've got awards. They're making a difference in their community through charity work. That's the kind of woman I want as an ambassador to this company. We also take the top 10 and out of the top 10, there's a winner, but then the rest become ambassadors and they get to do many things for the company throughout the year. We highlight them, we featured them, but the winner um, gets a photo shoot, gets sent to San Antonio. We put specialty outfits on her. We put our products that we're going to sell on the Go Wild Wear line on her, do a complete photo shoot. And she gets put on all of our publications, media, and print that are going worldwide. This year's winner, her, is, her name is Justine. She is from the Los Angeles Rams. She is a full package. She was a child actress, so she's been in a lot of the Nickelodeon shows that all of us would know. She was on her college dance team, which was one of the top-ranked college dance teams in the nation. Then she was a Los Angeles Clippers dancer, and now she's on the Los Angeles Rams. So she came collegiate NBA and NFL. So she's really strong in her dance, her dance ability and her dance technique. She's also an actress and a model. She has an ongoing television show called Matchmakers Playbook, and she does other guest appearances on different shows. So she's really, you know, kind of a fireball of energy and professionalism. And she's a really great ambassador for this company. Yeah, I think she's going to do great for you, obviously, was part of the judging. And, uh, you know, she definitely stood out among the others. Do you see this contest kind of evolving into something more um, as you continue to do it for the next few years? I do. Every year I'm I'm really surprised at the level in, that it becomes and, and the people who are applying that their level just keeps rising on achievers and beauty and talent. And so naturally, yeah, we're getting a lot of attention from sponsors that want to be tagged in. For the past two years, we've been able to track how much of an effect we're having worldwide and who is participating in looking at the the voting and voting themselves. And it's reaching all across the world. And this year we had over 155,000, I think, interactions wow. with people all over. Yeah, it, it's huge. Um, we've Japan has shown interest in us creating a model search that's strictly for Japan. So yeah, there are some things that are coming in the near future that um, are a direct result of the success of that model search. So I would consider you a, a, a big-time entrepreneur, if you will. And, you know, in today's world, more than ever, you know, we're in an entrepreneur's economy. You have the ability to start your own business and do your own thing. But I guess I'm interested to know, did you have a very specific vision 
and plan that you started with when you began House of AKD, or was it something that just evolved year by year and it just grew into something? A little of both. My vision when I started was to be able to work with professional teams and give them a uniform unlike anybody else's, something that they could be proud of as a team and something that the dancers that was could, could feel comfortable. And that was my vision. And then the way that it progressed and took off, that was sort of a day-by-day thing. That was, you know, opportunities, doors opening for different opportunities and not being afraid to take the opportunity. That's where, you know, a lot of business owners, it's scary. It's very scary. And so sometimes you don't want to take a risk and you don't want to take that meeting or there's different things you're protecting. I would say in my years in business, walking through the door, taking the opportunity, entertaining the risk. Is it the right risk for you? So some of those things were a vision and other things are just the nature of doors opening. So when it comes to building a design business, what do you think was the biggest challenge for you? Was it, you know, raising funds to come up with a textile factory? You know, was it hiring employees? Was it making the connections? Hiring employees for certain. Yeah. Making connections was never hard for me. Employees is hard because you've got to find like-minded people who are going to share your vision that you're going to be able to work with. And, and that's, that's difficult. Now, I love the fact that, you know, beyond your design business, you uh, really, you, you love to give back. And you talked about it, you know, with the, the girls who represent AKD as, you know, the, kind of the spokesmodel. That's a big part of what they do. Now, you're entering your second year producing uh, an NFL Super Bowl event benefiting the Matthew Foundation for Children with uh, Mental Learning Disabilities. Uh, talk about how you developed that and, and where it continues to evolve to. I am a part of the NFL alumni group, and the Matthew Foundation was the one who developed the idea and the event, and they reached out to NFL alumni to see did they know of anybody that could help them with the cheerleader portion of the event, and NFL alumni reached out to me, which is how that door opened, and so I started working with the Matthew Foundation, and it's something that I feel is very rewarding for me personally, but also is rewarding for those that are participants. And I think it's wonderful for the community that it's happening. It's at the Super Bowl each year. So it was in San Francisco the first year, then it was in Houston. This last year it was in Minneapolis. This next year will be in Atlanta. It allows the community of children with mental learning disabilities to participate in something that connects them to professional sports. And the parents, I'm not sure who gets more uh, out of it, if it's the children or the parents, because the children obviously are having so much fun and they're so happy to be there. The parents are watching their children have an experience that they didn't necessarily think their children would ever have. Did they ever think that their child would be able to play on a football team while they're getting to do it that day? Did they ever think that their child would be able to be on a cheerleading team and maybe learn from professional cheerleaders and be able to perform at a football scrimmage? Well, guess what they get to do it that day. It's an amazing event. Yeah. And at the Super Bowl of all places, which I'm sure is very cool for everybody. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, look, you certainly have a wealth of knowledge, experience, uh, insight into this industry. And I know a lot of girls listening are sitting there saying to themselves, how can I either work with or even apply to maybe work with you? Could you kind of give some background on how they might be able to contact you about maybe getting a job or an internship with you? Absolutely. Yes, we would love that. 
On our website, there is a link for careers. But if you would want, you could send an email to me at aking at houseofakd.com. And would it require them to move to uh, your area? It depends. We have different opportunities in different areas of the United States. So it it would all depend on uh, what we had open at the time. Okay. Are you working with any teams right now developing some new uniforms? Yeah, yes, we are. Any that should we, we should be on the watch out for? Well, as you probably are aware, the LA Rams have hired the first ever male cheerleaders who would dance along the female, alongside the female cheerleaders at the Rams games. So that may be something you want to look out for is what we're developing for these gentlemen who will be on the cheer team. Very cool. Well, and and if they want to go to the website, it's houseofakd.com? That's correct. Okay. Well, Angela, thanks so much for the time today. I I really look forward to I know we're going to be uh, working together this fall. You're going to be judging uh, the Alabama pageant, so I'll be excited to see you there. But uh, thanks for taking the time today and just kind of letting everybody uh, into your world of fashion design. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate it. That is today's episode. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast. You can do so on Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, the podcast app, Google Play, or you can just go to lifeafterthecrown.com. And by the way, if you're still involved in the pageant world and you're wondering, well, what is Life After the Crown going to look like for me and how do I prepare for it? Well, I highly encourage you to download my free Life After the Crown starter guide. It's a quick read. It's going to give you a great blueprint on how to start planning now and not when it's all over. So to get it, just go to timtialdo.com slash starter guide, and you can get it there for free. And for weekly podcast updates, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at timtialdo. Until next time, remember the words of Romans 8.28, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Make it a great week, everybody. Mm-hmm.